The Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over on youtube.com slash Podcast. Sports Podcast. My name's Adam Pelletier. Joining me tonight, not Justin Mark, but Pat from XFL <laughs> News Hub. Pat, thank you for joining us tonight. How you doing today? I'm doing all right, guys. Um, you know, going kind of hot into this straight off the rip. We got some big news to talk about tonight, man. Kind of threw oh. me through me a loop a little bit, you know. Listen, we're both doing a lot better because we're employed, unlike Kyle Sloter right now. Kyle Sloter, if you didn't see it released. About an hour ago at about 6 o'clock Eastern time from the Arlington Renegades. Pat, what are your thoughts about this? Um, I don't want to say it was inevitable, but it definitely seemed like they were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a little bit, uh, oh, God, um, irreconcilable differences. So that's kind of on it. Um, Sources to the team tell me it was mutual uh so it was a little bit like uh what's going on here type thing but i mean i'm a little bit uh a little bit disappointed i've been a shill for kyle slother but the last couple weeks if you look at his film it did see that he was pressing a little he was going to his check down a little bit too early rather than reading the whole field I know with Slother, we all talk about that all USFL selection, but he did throw only nine TDs to 11 picks last year while in the USFL. So it seemed that Tayamu was the better quarterback last year. And, you know, he, he really, I don't want to say he didn't get a fair shot in Arlington because he most definitely did, but it did seem that that team wanted Drew Plitt because of the connection to Jonathan Hayes rather than Slother. I mean, yeah, it definitely underwhelming was is a good way to put it. He just seemed like all year he didn't have that spark that he had last year. You know, last year he was moving outside the pocket a little bit more. He had dynamic weapons in Johnny Dixon and Jonathan Adams. And Arlington was really, is really devoid, remains devoid of offensive weaponry. You would have thought they'd give him a chance to stick it out with the addition of Victor Bolden, but... You know, the body language doesn't lie. Kyle Slaughter's body yeah, language I, has been awful the past couple of weeks. I mean, if you if you know, if Caleb Vander Esch is your number one option and you know, they were kind of plagued 
uh, you know, Lawan Whittingham showed signs. Jordan Smallwood, it didn't look like he could get going. It just seemed like time and time again there was always an issue. And, I mean, Canelo could never really get going. He was kind of a glorified check down, it looked like. So we're kind of on the fritz with a lot of what's going on, unfortunately. And, you know, this last loss was not a good a good thing, to put it simply. And it's really unfortunate because now, you know, you're making that San Antonio team, which has seen pretty below average quarterback play outside of Reed Sinet's couple quarters. You know, you could throw the Guardians in there, but uh, when when Cohen played against the Guardians, but overall it has not been the most advantageous showing of quarterback play for for uh, San Antonio or excuse me, Arlington whatsoever. Yeah, and I think the big thing is is Sloter got that job. Sloter won that job because he has the experience. He has all of that. But the thing that always struck me is Jonathan Hayes seems like, and Chuck Long too, wants a mobile quarterback. And they don't exactly have a high degree of mobility in their quarterback room with Sloter, Plett, and Anderson. You know, Anderson can move a little bit and did move a little bit in college, but nothing spectacular, nothing that's going to make you stop and go, yeah, that guy's a mobile quarterback. Well, he's definitely – Anderson's pretty athletic. He showed some flashes of that in the AAF. Um, was pretty athletic in the spring league under A.J. Smith's system. Uh, tore up the spring league between him and Silvers. They threw for 14 touchdowns and over 1,500 yards, I believe. Uh, so, I mean, I'd like to see Anderson get the shot. I don't think he will in week seven. But ultimately, I do feel that – I don't want to say change should have been made. I don't think I would have released Slother, but I definitely would have gave Anderson a shot because at this point, you know, you're still a game up on San Antonio, but regardless, it just doesn't look like, I mean, maybe this is a spark Stoops has been wanting, if that makes sense over the past couple weeks. So maybe releasing him rather than starting Slother was a spark the team needs. Yeah. I mean, the Arlington defense has been the, thing that's been carrying that team the entire time you know the offense hasn't looked good they went out and got victor bolden to try to give them a spark but you know i we've been wondering all year is it scheme is it personnel you know what is holding this arlington team back because a lot of folks thought arlington was going to be the team to beat they were going to be the team to watch and they just haven't shown that well they had a lot of the the all-league USFL guys go there. Their offensive line had plenty of football and NFL experience, uh, like Garrett McGinn, Cameron Hunt's on that team. Brian Fulkeritz is on that team. So, I mean, we move forward on it. Um, I mean, they do control their own destiny to an extent. Uh, They're in the driver's seat. They just have to win football games. I do believe they play – do they play the I think they do play the Guardians again um once more. I'm not really sure. But you do have the Guardians on their schedule coming up and then they obviously got to play Houston one more time. So they're able to air quote make some money and kind of take, you know, grift their way the five or six wins which is all they need to get to the playoffs it seems. Yeah. So, and you said, you know, you're interested in seeing what Kevin Anderson does. So Kevin Anderson, obviously a guy that needs to be rostered now in leagues. 
Drew Plitt for the short term. How, what does this do for the rest of the Renegades offense in your mind from a fantasy perspective? I mean, it might put a sense of urgency in them. Like, man, like you know, anytime a quarterback gets cut, especially, you know, one that was taken on the day one, not just a, a guy from that secondary or tertiary signing, you're kind of like, okay, like if that dude's cut, maybe I am. And like Jordan Smallwood was a top five receiver in the XFL in 2020, and now he's cut. And it's like, oh, man, like they're finding pieces. They're trying to figure it out. Like, you know, let's 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 get a move on here because, you know, my job might be in jeopardy as well. So mm-hmm. maybe that, maybe that's what it does. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested to see the guy I'm most interested in on that Arlington team as far as a pass catcher remains Victor Bolden. Um, if you haven't already picked him up in your league, you need to go get him now. He was a dynamic force in the USFL and should be that in the XFL. Um, you know, and Davion Smith continues to look good, just absolutely out physicaling everybody. You know, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Because at the end of the day, Jonathan Hayes and Chuck Long didn't have a prolific passing offense in the XFL 2. So I don't know why we thought it would be any different in the XFL 3. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely disappointing. I think a lot of people, uh, if you're watching this live, Houston just scored a touchdown on a Max Borgie rushing, rushing uh, attempt. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sad because I think we all shill for slow there in these alt leagues. Uh, a lot of people talked about him because of his preseason output, but something I've been on record a decent amount has been, well, who is he going up against the in 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 these preseason games? And you want to be like, oh, it's twos and threes and fours. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when is he coming in the game? Because if these defensive linemen have been on the field for, you know, 20 snaps, 30 snaps, he's going to look more dynamic with fresh – fresh legs and everything like that. So I don't think that gets talked about as much because a lot of these twos and threes and fours do come to the XFL, the USFL, the AAF, whatever league. But it's the fact that he's coming in, he's coming in fresh is, is the more, uh, is the more pressing thing that I right. think he hasn't, about. he's not getting to come in and close games. Now he has to go, the he has to go wire to wire and he might not have the ability to do that. Yeah, and that's something that like I think needs to get talked about a little bit more. But I mean, to an extent, it really doesn't matter at this point, you know. Um, I mean, Slothers had a pretty decent NFL career coming from a small school. He's never appeared in a game, but he's made almost one point six million dollars. Uh, he did like I can confirm that he did get paid more in the USFL. Um, so he, you know, than the other quarterbacks, him and Tayamu did. And then you throw in, a, I think he got paid a little bit more here. So the guy's made some money in his life. You know, I'm assuming from being a pro football player, probably at that two mil range. So, I mean, nothing but best for Kyle moving forward, you know. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com 
or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swin and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world? You can win a three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golfparty. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. The final watch... Final Four Watch Party is going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of Final Four action, live bets, prize giveaways, and so much more. Subscribe to youtube.com slash podcast and tune in on Saturday. Yeah, and now just looking at that action from the weekend, I mean, let's just start, you know, Seattle and Orlando. Orlando putting up a fight that we didn't really know that they were going to do. Um, is Quentin Dormady an answer in Orlando and is he an answer for your fantasy team that moving forward? I mean, if you're and God and God help you, if you pick DeAndre Francois and I'm a big Paxton Lynch guy, but on that flip side, that's not the guy I'm trying to ride or die with, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a nice, you know, that five or six in the quarterback rankings, in my opinion. Uh, he's put up some nice games, but I mean, there's just, and it, it frustrates me because that Orlando receiving core is actually, if you look at it piece by piece, is a lot better than what people think. Like, you got Jalen Smith is in there, Charleston Rambo's no one to laugh at, Lance Lenore, Jermaine Martin is running his way to an NFL camp, in my opinion. And then as we continue to progress through the list, like, these aren't, these aren't guys that, that um that or anything to shoe at so moving forward like i mean orlando orlando receiver could put up nice numbers especially that charleston rambo and they also just picked up dan williams as well who was another top five uh 2020 receiver so there's some weapons there dormandy's taking advantage of it the offensive line and the team discipline is pretty terrible but, I mean, Dormandy still put out over 200-plus yards and, you know, kind of missed a touchdown here and there. But he's been the best thing for Orlando since, you know, uh, Paxton Lynch and I think week four or five. Yeah, I mean, and I think the big thing with Dormandy is in back-to-back weeks now, he's thrown for 200-plus yards. Yep. In week one, he came in through for 142. You know, he's been a guy who's putting up numbers. And quietly, as much as you want to talk about Johnny Martin, he was the guy we thought was going to get the run in this backfield. Devin Darrington has been running physically and gets the looks at the goal line. I think Devin Darrington is establishing himself as probably the guy you want to roster and start in that backfield because Martin just isn't having the efficiency numbers that Darrington's having. You know, you think his numbers are skewed by a 43-yard run, but he still averaged six and a half yards of carry on the other six carries that he had. And add in, he's getting some passing game work. Devin Darrington's definitely the back I'm most interested in in Orlando right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, both those running backs from a skill set wise, uh, uh, are you know more than proficient, uh, proficient for that. Um, like, I mean, I feel like you're both gonna, you know, one of them's gonna get touchdowns, the other's gonna get yards, and vice versa. I know it's a very simplistic way to put it, but it's actually like 
I feel like that's kind of been the case. I mean, Martin had those two red zone, uh, red zone uh, fumbles a couple weeks ago, which kind of, you know, took the, the breath out of that offense. But overall, like, I feel like he's going to get you yards. He's going to get touches. And then Darrington is going to clean it up in the, in the, in the red zone. So, excuse me. I mean, maybe he breaks a couple. I don't know. It seems with this Orlando offense, they're just so volatile that, like, you don't know who's going to be the right guy, but they do have some players on that team. So it's nothing to scoff at by any means. No, definitely not. And the Orlando defense, you know, when the offense finally put some yards on the board and kept them off the field, did a good job. You know, they took away Jacor Pearson all day, who had a pedestrian four for 18 on seven targets. You know, they said Jacor Pearson isn't going to beat us. Everybody else is going to have to beat us. Unfortunately for them, everybody else did beat them with Blake Jackson and Juwan Green both having really good days. I mean, it's just, do you really want, do you really want to, do you really want to bet on the Orlando? I hate to say that, you know what I mean? But these are all guys who are trying their best, but it's not, it's not my take. You know, I'd rather have uh, Jockeys Patrick, especially with, um, Especially with uh, what's his name? Oh God, with Kalen here or out for he tore his Achilles. So. Yeah, with Kalen Balaj out, Jaquez Patrick definitely looks like he's going to be more involved. Um, but San Antonio's quarterback woes continue as Jawan yeah. Pass and Kurt Bankert combined to go nine for twenty for fifty nine yards, and yeah. somehow San Antonio still manages to win that game. Yeah, no, it was a less than desirable performance by by any means. So, I mean, so that's a sad San reality Antonio, of it. Yeah, San Antonio struggling at the quarterback position. Reed Sinet out. Jack Cohn hasn't been good. And, you know, what's the answer there in San Antonio? You know, I mean, do at, they at, – At this point, you just ride with it. Like, you just got to ride with it. Like, you got four games left. You know, you're still in the playoff hunt. I don't, I don't have the most appropriate answer because I who 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 are you going to sign for four weeks, three weeks? You know what I mean? Like, like Garrett Gilbert. Like, like I like Garrett Gilbert. I think he'd be a good alt alt league quarterback. But I mean, is he going to want to come out there? You know, like Garrett Gilbert had a futures contract offered to him. Does he want to come? You know, I think. That's a guy who's just kind of playing the field, seeing what's good for him, and then pushing on and making a decision. Yeah, and I think the other thing that you have to remember is in the issue that's plagued San Antonio has been the offensive line. Yeah. So, you know, the offensive line has been absolutely decimated. But like you mentioned, Kalen Balaj with the Achilles injury missing a lot of time. Chacon's Patrick looks like he's in line to just get a bulk of that backfield work which is huge for anybody who drafted him early. He's finally getting that lion's share of the work. 15 carries for 82 yards and three and three catches on four targets. Jaquez Patrick is a guy here who you thought was going to carry your team. And if you've been hanging around there, you know, he's going to be a guy who's going to get you over the finish line. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's going to get the looks. He's going to get the volume. So, I mean, if you're a running back, like, eventually something breaks, you know, and with these, when you get down to the third and fourth string quarterbacks, a lot of times they lean on the running backs and tight ends too. And San Antonio has been doing that all, all year with Dion Yelder and Alizé Mack. 
which are going to lean on those guys a little bit more to kind of take those nice little check downs and whatnot to make your life just a little bit easier. Speaking of running backs on the other side of the ball, you know, Davion Smith is someone we knew and we talked about, but Letty Brown is a late Burt showing some late, you know, talent here. Letty Brown, 11 for 38 and a catch for 12 yards. Nice alt fantasy day right there. Um, do you think Letty Brown is someone you should, people should be looking at as an option here down the stretch? Maybe someone who lost Balage. Yeah, I mean, you lose Balage, you lose Ke- Kenneth Farrow. Davion Smith, it appears, has been average. Um, you know, he's not a burner. You know, the leg's got some miles on it. I mean, he's coming up on a 1,000 alt-league football yards, plus him being in the NFL for a little bit. So we're looking at all these – all the all this mileage air quote and it's kind of getting to the point where it's like is he going to be the guy you know um and we're also six games into the season so there's a little bit of uh wear and tear going on so you got fresh legs and letty brown he's a decent pass catcher uh coach anthony beck he was with the he was with the battle hawks in camp coach anthony beck loves this guy he's pretty pro with him so It'd be nice to see – it'd be a nice late-season pickup if you're trying to ride – like, I don't know how they're doing the championship and whatnot in fantasy – in in the XFL, but it's not a bad pickup to have going forward into the season. Because the thing is, is there is no Week 17. And in the, in the XFL, and I'm not talking about volume of games, I'm talking about mentality, all these guys are going to play hard to the end because they have to, because they need to get to the NFL because that's the next goal for them. So – you're not going to have any guys kind of slouching. Maybe Houston does with Brandon Silvers, but you can replace him with Cole McDonald. Um, you know, they're receivers. It seems like everyone's playing right now, so everyone's getting an opportunity. So I don't think they – and with the roster sizes, you don't really have the luxury of resting people. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy continues their March Madness college pick it's a great way to get on the, in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted. Play Underdog Fantasy. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props and great NBA and NHL daily games. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Yeah, and you mentioned Anthony Beck, his Battle Hawks team, you know, Everybody thought the Battle Hawks were going to be a defensive team, and the defense has been okay, but the big story has been the offense and how good A.J. McCarron has looked. Did you think A.J. McCarron was going to be the best quarterback in the XFL through six weeks? Uh, well, I thought he'd be my number three guy. Uh, in my original rankings, I had him at number three. I was high on Ryan Willis coming into this, um, but you know, once I saw A.J. there, I was kind of like, uh, it doesn't really seem like it's going to be a reality uh, with that. Uh, Beck was AJ's guy, or excuse me, vice versa. AJ was Beck's guy. So to see uh, him just thriving, and they have a, plet- a plethora of weapons right there. Like everything Marcel Aitman is doing, or excuse me, Hakeem Butler is doing, is what I thought Marcel Aitman would be doing. And you have a consistent guy in Austin Prohl. I mean, Darius Shepard was a dynamic kick returner. Um, in college, didn't get that opportunity in the USFL. People forget he put up over 400 yards in, with the Generals last year, and that was a kind of loaded receiving core. Plus, they were not the best 
throwers of the football at quarterback. So there's definitely some weapons there. And to see it all kind of come together is actually very encouraging, especially with, you know, AJ's journey through his NFL career. And now obviously coming to uh, fruition with the battle Hawks. I mean, with the amount of money AJ has made in his NFL career and the amount of fun he's having, it would not surprise me if, St. Louis, if he stood in the XFL and just played football because he's having a blast. Yeah, I mean, and it's a lot of fun when you have the talented receivers he has around him. You know, it just feels like every week it's a new guy stepping up. You know, it was Stephen Mitchell, and first it was Austin Prohl, then it was Stephen Mitchell, and now it's George Campbell all of a sudden on the scene stretching the field for them. You know, and Akeem Butler is consistent, and Darius Shepard having a phenomenal season as well. Big week last week with the two touchdowns. Yeah. He's coming up on a, a thousand all purpose yards. He had almost, he had almost a hundred this week and he only had one kick return. So, I mean, the guy's making plays wherever he goes, they're running back. Ryan Hill hasn't had less than 81 all purpose yards uh, in any of his five games he's played. He's coming up on 500 all purpose yards. I mean, it's it's a pretty loaded offense, and when they get into that four minute offense, they 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 become pretty dangerous. When they when uh, Gradkowski stops calling the plays and McCarron just takes over play calling duties, they yeah. seem to be really humming, is what I've noticed. So I wonder it if they like don't. Bruce gets too cute. He wants to be too much like Lafleur, and that's where their offense is based out of. So he mm-hmm. gets a little bit too cute and. Uh, I mean, sometimes because they'll, what they'll do is they'll run like a levels route and then they'll have Jake Sutherland, who's a bruiser tight end, like your traditional tight ends from the 80s, run into the flats. And like you're like, what is you will get three yards and that's not his game. Like, you know what I mean? He's a yeah. he's a bruiser of a tight end. He's a good pass catcher. He's just not going to do much outside of that. He doesn't so. make plays with the ball in his hands. He's the yeah. guy yeah. who you need boxing out in the end zone, getting open after chipping a guy. I mean, and he's just, you know, that's that's one thing that shocked me. I thought Jake Sutherland was going to be a lot more involved here. Um, a guy who also just kind of coming out of nowhere here, Kareem Walker, got a little bit of work. And, you know, I know we talked about Brian Hill, you know, averaging 80 all-purpose yards a game. Does Kareem Walker start to take some of that load off of Brian Hill's plate? Down I don't. Here. I don't. I don't know. Him and Durant are not really that great at catching the football from the backfield, but I mean, Brian Hill has been a little bit banged up. Uh, he he had he went to the tent again this week, so you see all this, and it kind of you're like, when do we spell them and whatnot? But Hill's been so effective, pretty much doing everything that you don't really want to take him off the field, and that's kind of a scary thing in my mind as far as like okay, how do we rock moving forward yeah i mean and on the other side of that game you had the vipers team that's you know the big question is what is the quarterback situation going to look like in vegas you know are they going mean, to stick with perez are they yeah. going to go to hundley you know how are you viewing that situation right now i mean you paid per uh, hundley two hundred thousand dollars um to play in this league you might as well play them right uh man i have no idea like i i you know they're they're one in five the northern division seems to be 
between, you know, DC, Seattle, and St. Louis. It doesn't seem like they're going to be able to, you know, make up that ground. It doesn't like mathematically, they're not eliminated, but might as well be. So I see all this and I'm just like, man, play, at this point, put your best product on the field, make these games as competitive as you can, and then push on from there. So if you're a fantasy manager, who are you putting your chips down on, Perez or Hundley? Man, it's such a it's a hard question because because Hundley like they're probably going to start Hundley this week and then next week it's like you know what do they do because Perez puts together two decent games and then he puts together an egg and you're just kind of like man what, what what am I doing here type thing so I have no idea the best way to imagine and it's a uh, I mean, I'd stay away from Vegas. I would be more comfortable playing an Orlando quarterback than a Vegas quarterback. Wow. <laughs> That's not yeah. something I thought we'd say, especially with Rod Sherman taking over the offensive play calling in Vegas. We A lot of people thought that would be a stabilizing factor, well, it's, but it just it's, hasn't been. Well, it's not even like the quarterbacks. It's just like, okay, you start Perez, and then they go with Hunley, and then vice versa, and then you're out those points. Like, I don't know – I don't know what consistency you're getting. So that's my opinion. No, definitely. Um, you know, the only thing with Hundley is, is you do get that little bit burst of athleticism. So you have that upside. So yeah. I think I'd look at Hundley because the knock early was he didn't know the playbook yet. He settled in for a couple weeks and he seemed to have a handle on the playbook to at least a certain extent, you know, but they were struggling to move the ball through the air. I didn't think this team would struggle offensively to move the ball. Yeah. With Bidette, Bryant, Allison, and then guys like Cam Sutton, Sinku Sweeting, John Lovett, Rod Smith. But they've struggled offensively. And the other challenge here is Vegas has just been poison for your fantasy match, for your fantasy lineups, because they've just been spreading the ball around so much, depending upon who the quarterback is. Yeah, I mean, it seems like DeAndre Torrey could be a decent option or John Lovett because they do, they do, uh, you know, catch the football out of the backfield. So you might be able to steal some points here and there. Uh, Lovett's got like a twenty yards per average on his carry, I think, or on his receiving. And then DeAndre Torrey's had some big games as well. But I mean, it's just so inconsistent of who's going to be the guy that week. I mean, we all love Jeff Bidette, but at the flip side, it's like, what do we got going on here? It's, it just, it just seems, seems like a mess every day in my opinion. Yeah. It's just week in and week out. There's no consistency and it's tough, but you got to make your dart throws um, somewhere. Deandre Torrey is a guy that you should definitely be looking at scooping up on your roster Sinq Sweeting, I think, is due for a bounce back because he just seems yeah. to be getting open. And the thing that we've seen consistently, if you're a guy who can work your way open, you're going to have value. Whereas a guy like Martavis Bryant and Geronimo Allison, who relied a little bit more on their physicality, gotten just a couple steps slower, they're struggling. It's the same reason why Josh Gordon had a very ineffective week and seems to be getting phased out of that Dragons off Sea Dragons offense. He's just... He was a guy who built his career on explosiveness and just being faster, stronger, and able to jump better. And he's lost those things, and he doesn't have the route-running capabilities maybe that some of these other guys do to get their way open. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, at this point, uh, Houston, Pearson there, um, you know, Morgan Ellison kind of got bumped to the side. They're, it looks like they're going to Darius Bradwell. Well, Ellison got hurt. Cast. You know, Ellison got hurt, oh, and that's what really bumped yeah. him to the side is but, it's hard yeah. to do well when you're on the sidelines. <laughs> Yeah, but then, you know, June Jones and Jim Hazlitt kind of made it seem like the fumbles is why he wasn't playing as much. So in the postgame presser, I mean, it's 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 a lot of different options right now. So, I mean, they got Damon Willis, Jordan VC. There's a lot of different weapons there that, you know, it does seem like Jacor Pearson. It doesn't seem Jacor Pearson is the number one option. But even this week, he kind of took a back, a back, a back seat to a VC in a little bit. Well, but that, you know, that Orlando defense can cause you some trouble. They do have some playmakers. They do play hard. Yeah. And and the defense has never been what's let them down. It's the offense not moving the ball or holding the ball, and the defense eventually just gets run into the ground. So you knew they could stop him, and they did. They said, Ja'Core Pearson isn't going to beat us, and they contained him. And then Blake Jackson and uh, Juwan Green went to work underneath. Yeah, yeah. I mean that the Orlando Orlando's it's their own biggest enemy, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I right, dude, what are we doing here type thing. So I mean that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. So looking ahead to next week, is there a game that you're really like I want a lot of pieces of that game next week? Oh man. Uh I mean, I'm looking at the was it Houston and Battlehawks are playing this week and next week? I mean, yeah. that's that could be a you know, an air an air raid show. Both teams are playing right now, or excuse me, DC and Houston are playing right now. And I mean, I mean, there's a lot of weapons on that Houston team. I should you put me out there, I'd probably do pretty well myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, who's going to be the guy in Houston? You know, the skill position guy. Someone they're not even utilizing is Garrett Evans or Garrett Owens. Who's you know this H back Peyton Hillis S type player? Are we going to see Nick Holly explode? You know Ben Putnam, all guys who are you know valuable valuable players in this league. Uh, it's 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 pretty diverse their skill set. And then we talked about St. Louis's skill positions where it's like okay, like you know you got Hakeem Butler, Marcel Aitman should be coming back. Who regardless of his statistical output demands the coverage because honestly he does a lot like a lot of the things Butler does Marcel Aitman can do the same thing so if you're not going to cover Aitman you might as well you know you should be covering Butler and vice versa so if we saw a big game from Aitman it might surprise some people it really shouldn't because he does have one NFL experience to a connection with excuse, excuse me a connection with AJ and three uh he's pretty solid solid receiver all around. He's a big body guy. And then you got George Campbell, Gary Jennings, and Stephen Mitchell, that hodgepodge of that next tier down, which all could explode for, you know, another 50 yards and a touchdown themselves. Yeah. And speaking of that Houston game, I'm really interested to see here how Houston does the rest of the night because missing John Trey Kirkland is really seems to have impeded their offense. They don't seem to have anybody that can really dominate a, game and take over a game anymore you mentioned a lot of guys that they have 
Justin Smith, Travell Harris, Deontay Burnett, Cedric Bird, mm-hmm. Nick Holly. You know, these are all really good guys, but they're not a guy that demands that respect from a defense the way yeah. John Trey Kirkland is. And that offense last week, you know, they lost last week. And they could be in trouble tonight, too, if D.C. keeps the game close because Houston might not have that ability to just – they might not have that knockout punch ability anymore. They don't really have the big play capability anymore. I mean, you think about Nick Holly in 2020. When he was doing really well, it was because everybody was so focused on Cam Phillips over the top. You had to take away Cam Phillips, so Nick Holly was just eating up defenses underneath. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see, I see. Uh, oh man, Deontay Burnett is kind of the next guy. Personally, um, that's the next guy that like I I see kind of stepping up. Regardless, <laughs> I mean, there's only so much you know everyone can do at this point. So I think. I think Deontay Burnett is kind of the next guy to uh, push on and show up and show out. Him and him, him, Holly, and even Cedric Bird could get a little bit of love moving forward into the season. But that, but that offense, there's so many different people that like it. It could be so many different people that make a play. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we talked about the XFL a bunch. That's kind of what's going on there. Um, have you started doing your USFL research yet? Week weeks started yeah, no. in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually hate to cut you off. I got to get ready to bounce out. But I started my USFL quarterback rankings. Um, I started my USFL quarterback rankings. It's, you know, on my, on my Twitter. Um, I'll send you the link to put it in the description. I'm starting to do my more in-depth breakdowns on YouTube. As well, you can find me at Analyze and Educate. I just recorded three more videos, so they should be coming up in the next day or two. But I mean, I mean, with Michigan bringing in Carson Strong, they've revamped their offensive line. They have plenty of more receivers. You know, I would, you know, any Michigan receiver doesn't seem like a bad, or excuse me, Michigan quarterback doesn't seem like a bad thing. Um, I mean, I, I've been pretty vocal. I think Kenji Bahar could be either one of the best or worst quarterbacks. Very curious to see about DeAndre Johnson. Uh, how much are they going to put on his plate as far as throwing the football? Are we going to see another two-quarterback system with him and Kyle Laletta? Because Dakota Prukop kind of has the same skill set as, as, as Johnson. And then Case Cookus and Jamar Smith are my top two quarterbacks moving forward. Awesome. 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 Well, Pat, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Uh, You know, Pat's going to bounce off and then we're just going to talk. I got a few things to talk about. So Pat, thanks for joining us, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Um, You can find me on Twitter at NFL QB talk. Uh, Instagram is Pat from Cali and then YouTube is analyze and educate. So appreciate you guys. Awesome. Have a good one, Pat. You too. Thank you. All right, so uh, solo show now for a little bit, uh, but uh, don't worry. It's just some quick notes to talk about. Um, first, thank you, Pat, for joining us. Really appreciate that. Um, what we want to show you, couple quick things here to show. We have some fun and exciting things coming up. Let me resize this. Hold on. So 
Uh, what you're seeing right now, folks, we have some exciting new features coming. You're going to log in tomorrow morning. You're going to see some new look on the Alt Fantasy Sports site. You're going to see, when you look at the players, you're going to see a revamp player tab. Just kind of cleaned it up a little bit, cleaned up the display here. You'll see your fantasy points. If you're looking at a quarterback, you'll see his passing yardage and touchdowns, rushing yardage and touchdowns. And for everybody else, you won't see that. For a guy like Abram Smith, you'll see his rushing, his receiving, his fantasy. You're seeing what it's going to look like on mobile and on the site. And this is what the player tab, Ben reworked here as well. You know, we hope that y'all are real excited to see these upgrades come through. These are something that Brian's been working very hard on on the back end. So we're very excited to see this coming out, just cleaning up. You know, we know y'all talked about the user interface, and that was a frustrating experience. So we heard you, we listened to you, and we revamped it. And additionally, projections are here, folks. Get excited. Projections are live. Projections will be updating every week. They are in beta. So if a guy gets hurt, please bear with us. We're working on a system to make sure that those update automatically. So, yeah. Folks, we're excited. Big things happening here at Alt Fantasy. We're real excited. USFL drafts and leagues are live right now. Please sign up. Tell your friends. Renew your XFL league. You can just go ahead, add a sport, and if someone wants to drop out, you can just go under Edit League, remove them real quick, and they'll be removed from the USFL but not the XFL league. That's a lot of fun there. We've got some other new exciting sports on tap as well. Make sure you're paying attention, waiting for those. CFL is around the corner, and there might be some uh, AUDL coming up as well. So, uh, folks, thank you very much for supporting Alt Fantasy Sports. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please like, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get it, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you're at, please subscribe, rate, and review. Additionally, if you haven't yet, get your Alt Fantasy Sports merch. It's in the store. The link is right there at the top of the site. Please support. It helps keep the servers running, keep everything going, and it helps us from going broke on our passion project. So, Thank you very much. Draft your USFL teams. And if you didn't have Kyle Sloat, and if you had Kyle Sloat on your roster, better hit that waiver wire and check out Kevin Anderson. So I'm Adam Pelletier. That was Pat from XFL News Hub. Thank you very much for seeing us. Thank you very much for spending time with us. And we will see you next time. Nova Productions.